재미와 지식의 오디오라이프 팝빵 There was a recent report by the Inter-American Commission on Human Rights that showed that approximately 98% of crimes go unpunished in Mexico. Though the Mexican government did respond immediately, claiming that the report presented an inaccurate picture of the reality on the ground, escalating homicide rates uh, do certainly raise human rights concerns across the country. To discuss this in more detail, we're very pleased to have joining us from the University of Warwick, Comparative American Studies, Dr. Benjamin Smith. Hello. Hello. Hi. Thank you for joining us, Dr. Smith. Uh, a lot of people, if you're, I suppose, somewhat familiar with the debate raging in the United States about Second Amendment rights and the right to bear arms and the fact that having guns lead to violence, would be surprised to know that Mexico has very, very strict gun laws. What do you think are the reasons behind the rising homicide rates in Mexico despite those uh, strict gun laws? Uh, well, first is uh, the fact that they happen to border on a country which has incredibly um, uh, lax gun laws, mm. uh, and particularly in the United States, um, uh, you can uh, you know buy guns fairly easily in the southern states of the United States, and many of them are transferred um, over the border. Um, so uh, that's a, a key problem. And there's a direct correlation between the um, the amount of homicides in uh, northern Mexico and the uh, increasingly deregulated market of guns in the southern United States. Mm. Um, so that's pretty key. Um, but there are plenty of uh, uh, other reasons to it, um, including um, a completely ineffectual, uh, ineffectual judicial system. As you rightly point out, only 2% of crimes are actually punished. And I think uh, about three years ago, it was 1% of violent crimes were punished. Mm. Uh, so if you do a crime, you can pretty much get, uh, get away with it. Uh, and finally, uh, there are incredibly corrupt police forces, uh, many of which have been basically cannibalized or infiltrated by organized crime organizations. This is obviously something that would be concerning to the uh, Mexican government. Up till now, how have they been trying to tackle this problem, especially the, uh, the rising uh, violent crime rates? Uh, right. Well, there are two things they've done. One, they have actually brought in a system uh, of judicial reform, which involves a uh, degree of jury trials, um, a series of anti-corruption institutions that they um, uh, and uh, many changes to the constitution of Mexico that are designed to um, help the judicial process and minimize corruption. Um, the other thing that they, they introduced after the disappearance of the students in um, uh, 2014 uh, was a the idea of a um, getting rid of the town police forces, which are often highly corrupt, and instead instituting a group of state level uh, police forces. Uh, but this is proving extremely hard to implement. Um, they first did it in a in an area called the State of Mexico. Uh, which is around the huge city of Mexico City. Mm. Um, but organized crime forces actually uh, assassinated one of the um, uh, major supporters of this idea of implementing a state police force. These drug cartels, and they've been in the news, uh, they've been depicted in uh, various forms of dramas or movies, and perhaps people may only know about this because of the fact that Sean Penn is so prominent in the news, but his interview and then uh, subsequently the arrest of uh, one of the, the, the biggest drug lords, uh, Joaquin El Chapo Guzman, was that a turning point in the war, or is that something just that is one incident, but certainly the problem is still a, a very, very difficult issue to tackle? 
Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, this has been a. Uh, I mean, Chapel Guzman has been caught twice before um, in uh, uh, in the 90s, and he escaped in 2001, uh, and then obviously he famously escaped. Um, uh, a year ago right. on the motorbike underneath the tunnel. Um, and in actual fact, capturing what they call capos or kingpins or the head of these drug trafficking organizations seems to do very little. I mean, the Mexican government has been very successful in capturing uh, the heads of drug organizations. Um, but this doesn't seem to stop the violence. Not Instead, you often get conflicts between um, the kind of remaining people within the drug trafficking organization. I mean, now in Sinaloa, you effectively have a almost a kind of uh, a war going on between two sides of Chapo Guzman's organization. Now, going back to the issue of impunity and, and this idea, and I suppose for a lot of people, it's shocking to think that 98% of uh, crimes go unpunished or even just 1% of violent crimes are, are prosecuted. Is this something that's unique to Mexico, or do we see this in other pockets of, let's say, Latin America or other parts of the world? Um, yes, yeah, so, I mean, it's, relative, it's very sadly relatively common mm. in Latin America. I mean, um, uh, Latin America, many Latin American countries have some of the highest homicide rates um, in the world. Um, and although they've had uh, an increasing process of democratization over the last two decades, um, homicide rates and, and violent crime have not gone down. In, in actual fact, they've increased. increased. But other countries... Um, have done something which Mexico hasn't, which is they've actually started to try um, people uh, high up in the political administration who often cover up um, this kind of violent crime or uh, repression. Mm. Um, so recently they just uh, jailed uh, a former president of Guatemala. Uh, and in Argentina and Chile, they have, and Brazil, they have put corrupt officials on trial. The Mexicans simply refuse to do this. And this is something, of course, uh, neighboring countries are concerned about, people around the world are certainly concerned about, especially if you care for the well-being of Mexico's citizens. But it's also become sort of uh, central to the U.S. political debate that we're witnessing right now and this rise of a candidate like Donald Trump who can depict uh, Mexicans coming across the border, border as rapists and murderers and this idea he's going to build a wall and force Mexico to pay for it. Uh, there are certainly times when rhetoric is is necessary to affect change but it seems like the u.s political situation doesn't necessarily help the situation with mexican government officials who are trying to do their job and trying to to the extent they are trying to fix the system right uh yeah no this rhetoric is completely unhelpful and uh frankly incredibly stupid and borderline (laughs) racist i mean uh the idea frankly and very sadly if you're a rapist or murderer you stay in mexico because you have complete impunity there Mm. Um, um, uh, but this, yeah, this rhetoric is incendiary uh, and simply leans to the uh, persecution of uh, Mexicans and Mexican-Americans living in the U.S. completely, uh, you know, uh, 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 fairly and without doing any kind of uh, crime. Yes, and it's also not terribly uh, helpful to uh, a, a Mexican administration that in some ways has at least tried to do reforms, and it's really the implementation that's proving very difficult. Does... Making progress on this issue of whether it's impunity or lowering the homicide rates or getting a grip on uh, on the problem with, with drug cartels, would that go a long way towards maybe easing the debate in the U.S. over this resentment over um, large numbers of immigrants coming from Latin America, especially Mexico? Uh, in all frankness, 
I suspect not. Mm. I think at the root of a lot of this uh, animosity towards uh, Mexicans is the fact that um, uh, they're prepared to work very low-wage jobs. Um, and many of them have turned up in the U.S. for economic reasons. Uh, in actual fact, the vast majority of uh, Americans know very little about what is actually going on in Mexico. Um, and uh, I'm not sure that even if homicide rates, say, did decrease in Mexico, that this would lead to a lessening of the kind of incendiary racist rhetoric of right. Trump and his ilk. Then I suppose the one other effect could be if the situation improves in Mexico dramatically, it would perhaps encourage their citizens to stay in the country and perhaps not immigrate in such large numbers? Uh, Possibly, although in actual fact, immigration really took off after uh, NAFTA, the North American Free Trade Agreement, and reached its kind of peak uh, during the late 90s and early 2000s. And in actual fact, has been declining uh, for some years. So in actual fact, there doesn't seem to be a a huge correlation between this kind of violent crime um, and uh, immigration. Uh, and in, uh, although clearly some people in some areas of Mexico do flee, but many of them flee to the cities of Mexico right. and not to the United States. We're going to have to leave it there. Dr. Benjamin Smith, thank you very much for joining us. Appreciate your insights. Thank you so much. Cheers. Thanks. Seoul City News is up next.